0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Hello, sir. This is Amy Hood, your regular co-host, and I know normally Zach starts us off, but he's kind of running to get with us. So I'm joined right and now here. by Ashley. Oh, here you are, darling. <laughs>
2: <Ta-da>!
1: <laughs> you ran oh, very good. <laughs> it was like magic.
0: Ooh. It was like oh, magic, oh. indeed. Well, you call yes. the dark one, and then
2: he appears,
1: huh? <laughs> yeah. Because, hey, there he
2: is. Oh, Lord. Okay. Yeah, sorry. This whole working until 5 o'clock thing makes it very interesting <laughs> to try and get on a podcast at 5 o'clock on Tuesdays. So um, <laughs> just to, for everybody who's listening, as well as my lovely co-hosts, who this will no doubt, you know, be news to, uh, we may have to start moving the podcast to 5.30, everybody, because I <laughs> just need some more time to be able to get my Wait. stuff together, because... Yeah, so we'll announce yeah. that officially um, later, but kind of expect that to be the news, but I, we kind of, it needs to be discussed first. Okay, so the podcast, yay, yay podcast. Okay. Yay! <laughs> All right, so <laughs> lots of news, oh my goodness, okay, so we have lots of news, lots and lots of news that we can go over, well, actually not lots of news, but we have some news. Um, we have some
1: news. The chat room is open, news. by the way.
2: Yes, chat room is open, everybody. If, you, um, if you're if you not able to see the page, then just give it a couple of refreshes because, you know, it takes that couple of times sometimes. I'm currently um, refreshing and as Let me begin with my lovely women who, you know, host this show with me. Amy, Ashley, my loves, how are you?
1: Fabulous, darling, so fabulous. How are
0: you?
2: Hi. Ashley, go ahead.
1: I am exhausted. <laughs>
0: Sorry, I, I have. I, you can tell the convoys is back for a visit. Um, I went down to the big spooky and you know volunteered down there and had a good time. So and everyone remembers the Oncers, so we made quite a good impression on them down there. Um, but I'm just wiped from from a con weekend. So
2: kind of amazed that you're able to test tonight, honestly.
0: Oh, really? <laughs>
2: I thought your voice might be fun.
0: It was this morning. I was talking to one of my vendors, and he goes, "He's like, was you at a convention? Because you sound like like uh, what did what did he say? He said something very rude. I don't remember, but <laughs> and I was like, yes, yes, I was."
1: <laughs> he said, "He
2: said was it? Indeed. All right. So let's get on. Uh, let's get on into this because I'm very anxious to discuss this episode. Very anxious. Yes. Um, there's lots of good stuff. So let's get into the news. So first of all, we announced last week that Jenny Goodwin, our darling, you know, Snow Mary Margaret White, Nolan, Princess Queen, Mayor, um was going to be on live with Kelly and Michael. And she did tweet almost immediately after that, just within a couple of days, actually, that she has to reschedule because of filming. Which, on the one hand, is sad, because, you know, as we noted, it was going to be one of the first times that we've ever seen Jenny Goodwin in a daytime talk show, so it was going to be interesting to see her kind of dish. However, um, she's filming, which means more Snow White, Mary Margaret stuff. And, you know, I'm always down for that. So, um, yeah, so it's kind of a a cool – it's kind of, you know, it's whatever. We'll see her on the show, on Live with Kelly and Michael – soon she has not announced a rescheduling date yet um but you know we'll make that known to you guys as soon as we have that information no doubt um perhaps she's you know going to be busy with halloween this weekend which actually speaking of halloween i believe that amy has something to discuss as far as uh, pumpkins go
1: i do (laughs) I tell you guys all the time how much I love fan art and I love when we have the once or fan art competitions and we've talked before for the past few weeks about the pumpkin decorating one. Well the deadline came, which was October twenty eighth, which is today if you're listening live, and now the pictures are up on the once upon a fan web or on the Facebook page and you can go through and vote for the ones that are your favorites to help us narrow it down. I absolutely love them. There are so many super cute ones. I would put every single one that's submitted in my yard, like, in a heartbeat. Absolutely adore them. Have you guys had a chance to peek at them yet?
0: I have. They are really awesome. I Actually, I have, it's hard to pick a fave because they're all so different. Um, you know, because folks that did some carving and they did some painting as well. And mm. the thing I like the most, though, is that I don't think there are any repeats really on, like, any sort of design, like they're all so unique. So that's really cool to see. just all the creativity the once was put into, you know, doing Halloween. I agree.
1: Have you seen them, Zach, the pictures that have been
2: posted? Um, Unfortunately not. Um, I was at work all day today, and my job does not allow me to really get on social media very much. So I have not had a chance to view them. However, I have no doubt that as creative as the Once Upon a Time fan community is, that there was some totally fabulous submissions there. Um, I will definitely be checking them out, and we will discuss more of them next week because after the contest is over, we have to still have a winner. So we'll be talking yeah, about them more next week. So, yeah.
0: There's yeah. one, Zach, that I, I I have a feeling there's one that will speak to you on a spiritual level. So I want to hear your uh, input when you do get it. Hold <laughs> well, on. Yeah. Uh, okay. Hold hold on. Wait.
2: Okay. Wait. Hold. Just, just hold your horses here, folks. Okay. I got to look now.
1: I can't
0: hear We're going to get an on air reaction, by the way. So, you know, brace yourself once. Yes.
2: <laughs> oh, there's a carriage. Oh, I like the carriage. Okay, there's The Last Thing I Do, there's one of Mary and Margaret and the Ship, and... Love. Oh, my God, Is that sorcerer's hat!
1: See? <laughs> what is that? The second I saw that one, I was like, oh, there it is. Zach's oh, my God, that.
2: that makes me happy. Oh. Oh! Oh, yes, that makes me very happy. Mhm. I enjoyed <laughs> that one. <laughs> I have no favorites, though. I have no favorites. I, I'm I impartial. No, doubt. No. <laughs> oh, my God, the hat. Okay. So um, that would be my, yeah, there's lots of good choices there for you to vote on. And speaking of voting on choices and things like that, I believe that there is a kind of well-known competition that you may have heard of coming up soon where you get a chance to vote on things. Ashley, do you have news about that for us? I love I do. You know, it's just, it's
0: just a little shindig called uh, uh, the People's Choice Awards. Um, and this is a reminder to all of our Oncers that we actually are uh, in the prelim- preliminary voting stages where you could still write in ballots and stuff. But it seems like Once Upon a Time has uh, kind of jumped up in popularity in a few of the different categories, including, I believe, it was best is it Best Couple, Best Fantasy... Best couple was, I think, Jennifer Goodwin, Josh Jess. And you can write in um, any couple or anything you want. Like, I think it was best female um, actor or actor. Best female actor, yes. Best female actress, <laughs> um, the con head. And so you could write in uh, Emily DeRaven, Lana Perea, et cetera, um, I believe. And, like, I mentioned this last week, and I still think it's really rad that we have – we were uh, have an entry as a show in for best uh, character, or not best character we missed, but character we missed the most with Neil Cassidy. Wow. And, like Neil will live in our hearts forever. Um, so yeah, I just once, just get out there and write in those, write in those names, click and vote those ballots, and get once upon a time in those award shows.
2: <laughs> yeah, this show really needs some recognition in some way at the People's Choice Awards. Um, it's getting kind of ridiculous now. I know that there are a lot of good television shows out there. There are a lot of great nominees, and there's you know there's lots of things mm. to vote for, and it's really hard sometimes, to, you know, make a choice. But you know, come on, Oncers. like we we need to get some Oncer action going on. We need to get some yeah. of our people up on the stage. We it needs to happen. We are
1: leading.
2: We can do it. So <laughs> by without there being some kind of recognition somewhere about the fact that it's just so freaking awesome. Okay say. <laughs> rant over. Just, yeah, rant over. I'm just saying. Okay. So, um, and then in the uh, the last bit of news, which I know is actually, um, Amy, you'll probably be able to speak on this a little bit better than I will be able to. Um, the season one, season one, mind you, trading cards yes. have finally been released after being delayed. I don't even know how long or how many times. Um we've been waiting for these for quite a while. And the reason why I say that Amy will be able to speak on it better is because she has some. So, Amy, take it away.
1: I do. I don't even know how long they were delayed, honestly, Zach, because my husband ordered them as a birthday-slash-anniversary gift, like, last year for me, because you could pre-order them. And I don't even know how long before that we announced them. So it's been quite the long delay and they are season one, which hello, finally we're in season four. But having said that, <laughs> I will say that they are insanely gorgeous. I collect some other collector uh trading cards as well. My son has like tons of Harry Potter ones. These are really some of the nicest ones I've ever seen. The picture quality is great. The cards are beautiful. The wardrobe samples that come with them are beautiful because each package comes with a complete base set, and it also comes with um, – so Sarah asked the company. The company is called Cryptozoic that put them out. Each pack comes with four special cars, which are a combination of either two autographs and two wardrobes or three wardrobes and one autograph. So I have – um gotten. We actually got two boxes and I have uh, the charming wardrobe card is from which I'm very happy about is from the red outfit from the pilot. And so it's very soft, suede leather if anybody was curious as to what that was made out of. And they are absolutely beautiful. I definitely I've noticed that they've been jacking the price up since they went got uh, came out because they're way more now than we pre ordered. But definitely keep an eye out for them. Check comic book stores that might be able to order them for you because they really, really are beautiful. Nice. Do you still order them online? Yes. Yeah. The company is called Cryptozoic, and you actually – they have a binder, which I did not get a chance to order, and I can't order now because, alas, I'm as broke as an artist at the minute. But uh, they have a binder – that comes with a special wardrobe card that you can only get with that binder. So I'm hoping to order that. That you can only get from the Cryptozoic store. Now, the Cryptozoic store was showing yesterday that they were completely sold out of <laughs> the uh, the cards. But um, Sarah's in there right now. Are they still showing that they're out of stock, Sarah? Because if they are, I'm going to. Type in a, a another store name because <laughs> I don't want to announce it to thousands and thousands of people because they only have like 16 boxes left. Okay, I'm going to type in the chat room the name of an online store where we got ours, and I know for a fact they still have 16 boxes left. So, and they're not 96 dollars either. So, <laughs> this is only because I love you guys that I I'm sharing my secret stash <laughs> before I can get to them. So.
0: I was was struck dumb by the price
1: (laughs) So there you go. If you guys go to that website and search once upon a time, they have them. They're not that much as they're showing on the other website. And they do have 16 boxes left. So there's my secret stash and my good once or deed of the day. So I just don't want to announce the website publicly because (laughs) I don't want to you know, I want, obviously, our listeners to get a chance to get them before, before like, you know, anybody else who, who does it. Oh, yeah, sure. So see, this, this is what happens them. when
0: you listen to the podcast, you know, you, you get the exclusive live. <laughs>
1: it's true. So, if anybody gets them, let us know, because we can do a big trade-up and sharing if everybody gets extras or anything, but I also, I'm super, super happy with my autograph cards, because I got Jamie Dornan and Robert Carlyle, who... Uh, dying because I miss Graham and, well, you know, Robert Carlyle, hello. (laughs) Fabulous. But, yeah, the set is beautiful.
0: Sorry, I'm on the website right now, so (laughs) that's why I'm not talking.
1: (laughs) Everybody's running to go order. They
0: haven't crashed the site yet. Oh, yes. I wish I could order another
1: box, but alas. If anybody wants oh. to order me
2: a box as a gift, I can totally, like, accept that or, you know, pay you back later on because, yeah, okay. some people don't get paid for a couple <laughs> of days. But, yeah, let's say. Um, <laughs> speaking of, oh, my gosh. Okay. So, um, now that we know all about the cards and we've done our news roundup, I'm ready to talk about breaking some glass.
0: Well, yeah.
2: Um, okay, so overall impressions, Ashley. I will start with you. What's your overall impression of the episode? I like this episode
0: better than I liked last
2: week's. Um, I'm with you. My
0: initial my initial impression uh, was of this episode was much stronger than what I felt for last week's. Um, there were a couple of things, and I'm, I'm sure that we'll talk about them as we go into the recap that did bug me. I. Don't don't light the the torches and get the pitchforks out just yet. I felt the Charming Snow Beast story was really one of the weaker ones that we've had on an episode. It just really didn't grab me or do anything for the plot for me other than get Will Scarlet out of jail. And I was... And I love Regina, but I was getting a little irritated with her on this episode. But but I still thought this was a fantastic episode. And good God, uh, Elizabeth Mitchell some of the best Snow Queen scenes. Her, her no, entire, ev- with the last one-fourth of the episode, she just was killing it. Just, I love how is just so, so, she is a literal ice queen, and she's actually quite creepy. Like, when she does her whole, like, Batman appear out of nowhere thing, it creeps me yeah. out. Like, I, it gives me the wig. Anyway, so those are my impressions.
2: <laughs> Amy, <laughs> what about
1: you? I loved it. Because of the the relationship parallels that I saw, I really loved, and I know we'll talk about it, but I loved how what's going on with Emma and Regina was so similar, but in reverse, to what happened with Emma and Lily. I just, I, I, I loved, loved Emma's backstory so much. I think that was probably my favorite part. As much of an evil regal as I am, I really think that... The Emma backstory was probably my favorite part this week, but I loved it. I loved the episode.
2: All right. So um, I agree with, uh, well, I'm in agreement with Ashley as far as how I feel about this episode compared to last week's episode. Now, you all know that I have been pushing the the Sorcerer's Hat and talking about Henry being the apprentice and everything else for over a year now, so that says something, I think, about this episode. I, I really thought that. Hmm. How can I how can I put this? I really feel that this story is much deeper, much more complicated, and much more emotionally packed than anybody has realized so far, and I think it's only going to get more intense. Um mm-hmm. I feel I also agree with you Ashley that the Charming and Snow B story was a little on the weaker side particularly in light of other things that we've seen. I thought it was mm-hmm. great, I thought it was amusing. Um, Charming and Snow are kind of becoming the once upon a comic relief. So, um I do enjoy you know having their scenes and you know they were the they were—they're the, the first couple of Once Upon a Time, if you will. Not only in terms of the first couple that was reunited, but also in a figurative way, almost like the first family of the United States. They are—they are the first family, um, uh-huh. so to speak. So I really thought that their story—I mean, it wasn't the greatest—but it was fun seeing the two of them together and interacting, and seeing Snow kind of, you know, finding bits of herself again. Um, Mm -hmm. the fact that there was so much, like that there's a mystery going on with the Snow Queen, um, that we're trying to figure out who she is, how she relates to everybody, that the fact that the characters don't know too, Charming and Snow, we had Emma and Regina having some amazing interaction, Um, Sydney being there, it really felt like a return to season one. Um, And it was this episode, actually, that really makes me feel like the show is, it, it definitely has more of a um, a season one feel to me than the other two seasons did, like season two and season three. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really, really pleased with where this story seems to be going. We're, I'm loving how the season went. And again, can we all just, I mean, Elizabeth Mitchell, my God. My Elizabeth God. Mitchell, praise. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Honestly, not, I, didn't watch I didn't watch Lost, I didn't watch Resurrection, I didn't watch uh, V, like the new V, I didn't watch any of that stuff. So, Did you watch the Santa um, Claus 2? Say again?
0: Did you watch the Santa Claus 2?
2: I have Did not you... seen the Santa Claus 2. Dude, really? So, Dude. So I've I have I just I just have I, I will rectify this I promise but I will yeah. I haven't had a chance to see like that. So I was really you know I've never well actually you know what I take that back. There was part of Lost that I saw because I watched the first few episodes of Lost in the first season and then when the polar bear showed up I was like okay I'm out. Um, it would just it it would push my suspension of disbelief beyond like I couldn't suspend it anymore it fell on the floor so I wasn't really into it. But then I did watch, and this is crazy, I know. For whatever reason, I ended up getting back into Lost in the last half of season five, and I did not see anything that happened in between, and I still haven't seen it. So the very first, actually, and it wasn't even the last half of it, it was the last episode. So the very first thing that I saw of Elizabeth Mitchell was the season five finale of Lost where, you know, things went kaboom. Um, hmm. That's all I know of Elizabeth Mitchell's, you know, body of work. And, you know, that, that's pretty much it. So I've not known her skills before, and I'm really, really impressed by her performance as the Snow Queen. I'm, oh. It's very subtle. It's very nuanced. I don't want to get too far into my discussion about her, because I want to save it for when we get into the episode discussion. But, <laughs> um, yeah, she is amazing, and I will definitely be checking out stuff that she has done from now on. So, yeah. Just gonna make sure that I do that. So, <laughs> having shared all of those lovely opinions and uh all those things and gone through the news, let's get into this. So the episode speaking of Elizabeth Mitchell, the show starts out with her and her fantastically designed ice cave. Um, I love that whole room set. I don't care if it's C G, if it's real, like I don't I don't really care. Either way, it was awesome. Uh Thought it was fantastic. It's very spooky. It uh, it's very isolating, isolating. Haha. Uh-huh. Um, uh. Which I very much enjoyed. <laughs> um, so yeah, she's in she's in her ice cave and she's basically standing over what appears to be this like kind of coffin looking table kind of thing, and she's using her magic and all of a sudden she you know you see eyes open up and so it's kind of obvious that you know she's you know, she's using her magic to create a uh, an ice monster man thing. Um, she's building a snowman, as it were, <laughs> as we later found out. So um, that was a really neato kind of beginning to the episode that she's just right away like, well, hello, Storybrooke. I'm going to create a giant ice soldier for you, and please try and stop me, ha-ha, and yet didn't say a word about it. Mm.
1: I love that she's she- always barefoot. I love that touch, and I know that she said in the interview that that was the thing that she actually suggested because she knew that she wasn't going to make it walking around in heels and these, you know, gorgeous costumes. And she's always kind of out, you know, in nature and everything, and it just looks so natural that she's walking, you know, in this ice barefoot, and it has no effect on her. I think it's beautiful.
0: i like how she has plans she's she's already she i don't know i just find it very interesting she really just isn't forecasting what she's all about she's like no i'm gonna go do a thing and just i still am kind of wondering even after this episode how all the pieces uh, are gonna fit to (laughs) i'm cracking myself up oh wait i did it again (laughs) um Uh, I, how everything's going to to work out, even though we have as much information as we got in this episode, I um I don't know how it's all going to play out. She's playing things very close to her vest, and and I think that that's the most intriguing thing is that she's
2: literally. Sorry.
0: Ice puns, ice puns for everyone, mirror puns, go um, no, but really, like, I do love the fact that like it, 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 she just starts out doing her thing, and then throughout the entire episode, she has like she does have this icy demeanor, you know she, you can't really tell what's going on. there's only one moment, I think, towards the end of the episode where where her emotions really kind of seep through. And that's when she starts to get really scary. So, like, the fact that she's keeping herself in check and keeping her, everything she's doing under wraps is just, that's the most intriguing part of this character to me.
1: Yeah, she's not blurting everything out, kind of like Zelina. I love Zelina, (laughs) but Zelina was all about telling you exactly what she was about to do.
0: Oh, I know. I love Zelina, too, but she's, she's walking around, like, it's going to be wicked. Get it? Wicked.
1: <laughs> yeah, elbow, elbow, wink, wink. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
0: Check out my hat, darlings.
2: That's <laughs> so. Okay. Well, anyway. Oh, okay. yeah. I'm still laughing at the mirror puns. Okay, I'm such a dork. That's okay though. Um, You're a dork. I was laughing at myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're teachers, honey. Okay, so, um meanwhile, <clears throat> back to work. Meanwhile, <laughs> Emma and Elsa are at the police station. And they're looking at the town records and trying to figure out, you know, where Anna is, who the Snow Queen is, you know, where's Waldo, all kinds of things going on in town. <laughs> and So much um, is happening. So, <laughs> seriously, so much, all of the things. And then um, they're looking through folders and such when Elsa discovers a little envelope full of pictures. And she asks Emma about it, and Emma says that those are pictures from when she first arrived and Regina had abused her power and had her followed around because she was trying to run her out of town. And then Emma finds a picture of herself talking to the Snow Queen. And let me tell yeah. you, as soon as I saw that picture, I was like, what? Because she's, I mean, thats it's the blue coat, right? It's the blue coat that Emma wore in the first season. So I know exactly mm-hmm. about what time frame the episode is that this meeting took place. Mm-hmm. And I am very confused. I am very intrigued. I don't know what to think about that. Very interesting
0: I was going to say, I want to know what ramifications it's going to have on the things that we think that we know about season one. Yeah. I want to know how that all fits in. And it looks like they're having a conference. I keep cutting you off. I apologize. It looks like they're having almost a confrontation in that photo, too. So I I want to see that conversation. I want to see the moment when Emma walks into the Sunday shop. And if there's a moment, you know, if she knows who she is... I want to see it. I need yeah. I need more of the two maybe, of them on screen together.
1: <laughs> or maybe she didn't recognize her. She's just like, damn it, what do you mean? You're out of chocolate. And there was just this big, huge ice cream fight ensuing. But I would love to see what happened
2: there.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: I'm looking forward to it as well. Um, there, uh, there, there's, I would see clearly there is so much to be revealed that, you know, I don't even know what to think about all of this. I really don't. Um, I'm, I yeah, I don't know what to think. It's really, really interesting to me. Um, yeah, I, I'm very, and like Ashley said, that means that there is so much going on in season one now that we don't know anymore. Um, there's going to be some flashbacks that I think are gonna really throw us through a loop, and we're gonna go back and look at season one sometimes and and yeah, it's just gonna it's gonna change our whole perspective, and it kind of also goes to sort of a thing earlier about how this feels like season one, like it it's starting to literally feel like season one now,
0: mhm,
2: uh-huh. mm-hmm. so I'm very excited about that um, meanwhile so and then after that, of course. Will Scarlet, who is still in jail, says, you know, quite loudly that somebody forgot me dinner, and you know, he wants the he wants the bangers and mash. And I'm honestly kicking myself because I forgot to ask Gareth what that actually means. Do either one of you There's know? There's sausages I... and mashed potatoes. Okay, yes. thank you very much. I I thought so from a Harry Potter, but I wasn't quite sure.
1: From Harry uh, Potter.
2: Of, of course. Anyth- everything provide. British. Everything British. I learned from Harry Potter and our editor Gareth Hughes. So, uh, well, really. and 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 Ab-Fab. You know, just saying. And
0: Ab- no, Ab- absolutely fabulous taught me much about the ways of British uh, decadence in the <laughs> silly, bully?
2: silly bully, Yes, indeed. Oh my God, I need to go to Chicago and see you. Anyway, so then right after that. Is uh, we're you know we're you know we're, or excuse me, Hook shows up and he says that he is going to take Henry sailing. Oh, that's so sweet. And then Will comments on the fact that he's trying to get friendly with Henry so that he can get friendlier with Emma. And Hook tells him to keep the spots to himself. Then Emma gives him a frosted pop tart because that's always the healthiest choice for dinner. I know, that's I particularly. I rather enjoy a nice frosted Pop-Tart myself. I uh, typically go for the uh, chocolate fudge, if you will, or perhaps the s'mores or the cherries. And those are my favorite was, flavors. Those... you got
0: to go traditional with the cherry. I love the fact that Emily like, took a bite out of it. like She was about to chow on this Pop-Tart. and was like, nah, okay, you know, I'll feed the, the convict. There
1: well, you go. <laughs> and I that obviously that.
2: plays into later on in the episode, so I really thought that that was the... A cute moment. And also, it's kind of, it's interesting to see Emma in this way. Like, she seems more playful. Do any one of you get that vibe off of her these days?
1: Yeah, she's definitely <laughs> a, bit more... a lot less uptight. <laughs> she definitely feels
0: less burdened than she, I mean, season two, Emma was like, had, she, I she it felt like she felt, I felt that she felt, that she had the weight of the world on her shoulders, which she kind of did be, like, still adjusting to the savior role. And she is still adjusting to the savior role as well, but now that she's accepted her support group, she's accepted her parents into her life. She, you know, she has Henry now on a regular basis. Nobody in her immediately ridiculous family tree is trying to actively, like, you know, poison her with turnovers or anything. So, I think she's This entire episode is about why her walls went up and how they're coming down. And so I think the playfulness that we see in this episode is a bit of a subtle take on that compared to how she was when she first came to town. She was very guarded. And I don't know if you have anything to add, Zach, uh, regarding... Because I was just thinking now how people talk about her leather jacket being her armor. (laughs) she's not wearing her red leather jacket uh, often anymore. She's wearing something that's more of like a beige, brown, goldish color. So I was wondering, since you're the colors guy, if you knew any, if you had anything rattling around your head about that.
2: Um, I will say that I find it very interesting because they made it a point um, in the episode New York City Serenade last season to show Emma grabbing her red jacket and putting it on before she returned to town. I love Uh that you know, I mean, they had a scene specifically for that, and then she did wear it throughout the season, and now she's into yellow. Uh, it's kind of like a yellow, beige, brown, something like that. Um, and I've, I find it very interesting that that the color has switched up, because, but it also completely goes along with something that I'm going to be talking about later, because red does symbolize power particularly on this show and um the the weird thing about this is she's you know she's still finding her place in the world she's she, the snow queen is running around town so she doesn't she is not the one who's in power at the moment she's actually rather bewildered um so she she doesn't have anything like that um at all Going on right now she's um I'm actually pulling up some notes here because i I totally made notes about this, so please bear with me um let me see hold on, I'm sorry, oh my good gracious, really, really? I don't even sound like her, so yellow <laughs> hmm, is a okay, so it's hmm, yellow means caution. If you think about construction signs, if you're on the road, yellow means caution. It is visually aggressive, okay? Um, it's basically like a warning. It also means things like happiness. Yellow kind of goes along with the sun. People always draw, you know, a bright yellow sun in the corner, you know what I mean? Kind of like that. Um so there's two things to think about that. Number one, the fact that it's not exactly a bright yellow, that it's more subdued, a little bit more brown. It means that Emma hasn't quite found her way to happiness, but she's getting there, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, she's getting there. She's not quite all the way there, but she's almost at her happy ending. It's kind of almost what it seems like. So, and, I, you know, and I'm sure that that has to do a lot with Hook and Henry and being home and accepting her family and things like that. It all plays into it. However, let's go back to that first point. Um, yellow is the color used for caution. Um, ABC announced that, oh, I don't think we talked about this in the news. ABC announced mm-hmm. that the November 16th episode of Once Upon a Time is going to be a two-parter.
1: Oh,
0: yeah.
2: And in that, and there's. I'm also going to issue a spoiler alert for anybody who has not read the press release because this, is a press release for two episodes out, and we still don't have... We have the press release for episode six, but we do not have the one for seven. So we don't quite know what has led up to this whole thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm giving you a spoiler warning now. Please stop listening to the show if you don't want to know anything about this. But if you do want to know about it, then continue listening. In that press release, it states that Emma's powers are out of control. And she is going to Mr. Gold... Mm -hmm for help with that. Now, if Emma's powers are out of control and yellow and she's wearing yellow and yellow means caution, that's what it is. Emma is wearing yellow because her powers are slowly spilling out of control and it's like a warning light for everybody. Does that make sense? Mhm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So that's kind of what's going on here with that. Mm-hmm. So that's that's really what it is. It is. It's a warning to everybody, you know. Visually, you know, watch out. Something is coming. Not only, and you know, the fact also that Emma is supposed to bring back all the happy endings and yellows associated with that. She has, you know, yellow, gold, blonde hair, if you will. You know, it, it's all significant here. So, um, there there is a lot more to come with that. I think. Um. Yeah. What what I don't know if either one of you want to comment on what I just said, but yeah.
0: Oh, no, I just think it's very interesting that um, essentially Emma's going to pull in Elsa. So I wonder how that's going to work out with Elsa being in town. She's already gone through that, you know, struggling with control over her powers uh, like she did in Frozen and then coming to accept them. Whereas it seems like Emma already had accepted her powers a bit more. So I'm wondering whatever... This mysterious press release that we don't have. I want to know what's going to happen in episode seven, to uh-huh. to create the conflict in episode eight. Like I like stuff is going to get real pretty soon. I mean, as if it wasn't getting real already. I mean, if you saw the preview for next episode, which I'm jumping way ahead of myself mentioning that, but still, like this entire season has been clipping along at a very good pace. It hasn't felt rushed to me, but things are happening, but it's also advancing the plot. Like, they're not just running around like chickens with their head cut off. It's more of a focused drive towards something, and we don't know what that something is yet. So I think that's where the caution also goes into, Like, like you said, things are happening, things are coming, and we don't know yet, so... Now that I'm
2: thinking about it even more, it's like, well, you know,
0: what's going to happen?
1: Absolutely. Well, the,
2: other, the other thing I just want to mention, too, really quickly, Amy, before you jump in with your comment, Emma drives the yellow bug. Oh, we, have seen, I we, have seen, we have seen that car, I think, more this season than we have since season one. That car is in pretty much every episode. F- and it is bright, bright yellow.
1: It is super bright yellow. I
2: can't wait
1: to see, because we also have heard that Rumpel, I mean, we've seen him kind of being a little shifty this season, and we've heard that, you know, he's going to do something. We don't know what it is, but he's going to do something really, truly that's going to be seen as horrible. So, I don't know if it's going to come in that episode, and I don't know exactly, you know, I'm assuming something's going to happen with Emma because, yeah, we know she doesn't have control, but, I mean, when she is pressed and she needs to, she's able to use those powers, so I'm wondering if it's something specific happens that scares her and makes her think, I need to go, you know, and seek out gold and get some help here.
2: It's going to be the Snow Queen.
1: Mm. Because
2: here's the the thing about the Snow Queen, and we're kind of jumping a little bit away from the recap of the episode, but I actually kind of like that. Um, The thing about the Snow Queen is that she knows things about Emma that nobody else knows because they weren't there.
0: She has such leverage over her, like leverage that no one in town could have. Maybe not even Rumpel if if she knew her. um, Spoiler to the end of the episode, she knew her in another
2: realm. Right. Nobody nobody in that town, not even her parents, I don't think, No Emma as well as the snow queen does. Nobody. Right. And, and I can't wait to
1: get into that.
2: She doesn't just have leverage as far as, you know, any actions that Emma may have taken or may have not taken when she was younger. But right. and Ashley, I think this may be more what you're what you may have been referring to, but I'm not quite sure, so you know, please, you know, like a let psychological leverage. Yes, she has emotional leverage over her.
0: Yes, yeah. that, that's it totally way, what I was thinking.
2: Way. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> there, in, there. She has a certain hold on Emma, but see, here's the more interesting thing about that too. Why? And this is, and I, I thought about this when this happened in the episode. So we're going to be jumping a little bit ahead at this point in the conversation, but that's okay, everybody. Why would the Snow Queen? Allow Emma to retain her memories of Lily, but take the rest away. I was really curious. I don't think we've
1: seen the last of Lily. Oh, Oh, I don't think we've seen
0: the last of Lily, no. Not at all, Considering who was playing her and considering how significant the mark on her wrist was, there's no way she's
2: not coming back. Right.
1: Especially exactly. considering the fact that
2: Emma has – okay, so, again, everybody, if you were watching the episode and if you're listening to us, I'm sure you did. Um, em, Lily has a little star birthmark almost kind of thing on her inner wrist. She says that she's had it as long as she can remember. Now, that alone in itself is significant considering that um, there. oh, my gosh – I just had a brainwave.
0: I wonder if you and I had the same brainwave.
2: What if big- she
0: had powers and they were taken by the hat and the hat marked her with a star? Yes, with
1: a yes star. I
0: did. Yeah. I, like, literally had the brainwave right when you said, oh, my God. And it's, like, that's <laughs> kind of, like, blowing my mind, dog.
2: <laughs> yeah, we're, it's scary how on the same page we are sometimes. Um it's Yeah. That is exactly what I was thinking. That she is somehow connected to the hat because that's the only other star that we've seen. Um, so maybe yeah. there's, there's
0: a there's a camp there's a a bunch of folks who think that she might be Tiger Lily, and at first I was on board with that. But the fact that Hook didn't recognize her from the video, I think is uh-huh. significant. Like he he had absolutely like like no not even like a, like a twinkling, of recognition. And I think, like, if they were going to set something like that up, he would have at least kind of been like, oh, you know, who did that last, you know, she reminds me of someone or whatever. Like, maybe not something that blatantly obvious. But, um, so I think maybe sometimes a name is just a name. I mean, but, uh, I don't know. But that that business with the hat, because a star is a very odd shape to occur naturally. So that, that that was something that
2: was put there, I think. Well, not only that, but um, the effort, because honestly my first thought before I thought about the hat was the fact that a star almost looks like a snowflake. Oh. So I wasn't sure if there was anything to that. So, Mm -hmm. but really, the, uh, the name Lily... Pure, it is an innocence, purity, and beauty. But really like. quick,
0: her full name is Lilith, though they make a point of her father to address her as Lilith. Is does that hold the same meaning as the purity and the beauty? Because the Lilith, I mean, I'm I'm really rusty in everything ever. Um, but Lilith was isn't it, I, well, I had Catholic Catholic, Catholic yeah. mythology, but. Wasn't she um, b- before Eve and, like, bad things happened? I'm really rough. Somebody who knows mythology.
2: I'm, you know, I have it right here for you. Don't worry. Oh, you do? lilith Yay. Lilith means night monster. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Storm goddess, and in Jude folklore, she was a female demon and the first wife of Adam. Now, here's here's something else that I want to say, and we're going to be getting into some literature here, folks, so I hope you're prepared for this. This is a much different podcast than anything we have ever done before. In the original Snow Queen fairy tale, I mean, the like the original one, the devil creates a mirror that reflects all, and the only thing that it shows is all of the horrible bad things in the world for the person who is looking into it. And the devil takes the mirror, he and his followers, and it takes it around the mirror and they show it to different people and they see horrible things and everything. And then they decide that they are going to take the mirror up to heaven and show it in front of God and the angels and make, basically make fools of them. Okay? However, on their way up to heaven, the mirror starts shaking and it becomes so heavy such that it falls to the earth and it breaks. And the pieces of that mirror get swept around into the eyes of humanity. And so it causes all the human beings in the world to see only horrible things in each other. Now, the fact that Lilith ends up being the name itself means, uh, number one, it means of the night also. She was sent out of Eden and replaced by Eve because she would not submit to Adam. And the offspring of Adam and Lilith were the evil spirits of the world. Kind of like the demons that are carrying the mirror up to heaven in the original Snow Queen story. That is I'm absolutely- sorry, I have, to collect, I have to
0: collect my brain back because you kind of just blew it apart. Um, <laughs> wow. Do you I, I don't know if they're going to go that strict with that mythology, but hearing that and then, you know, seeing what we saw regarding the mirror in the episode that the Snow Queen has and just gives me a lot to think about.
2: (laughs) Well, not only that, but the pieces of the mirror, the different shards of the mirror, some of which are no larger than a grain of sand, Get blown around and go into not only people's eyes but in their hearts, and it freezes their hearts like blocks of ice. So,
0: I wonder if is that what happened to the Snow Queen. I mean, like in our Snow Queen, if they're going to go that route. Because we see that she completes the mirror, but oh man, well, I'm going.
2: I Even more handling, like, in like six different
0: directions right now.
2: In this story, and we, this is how this is where Sven comes from, there is a reindeer in this story. The reindeer's name is Bay. B A E. I don't know if that means we're ever going to get a flashback to Neil. You know, A. K. A. Balefire. A.K.A. Bay. But <sighs> We did see a picture of him in Emma's box at the end of the episode.
1: Hmm.
2: Um, so, you know, I'm just saying.
1: There's
0: just so much going I mean, honestly, it could go any which way, and that's how I like it. Like, now that I'm thinking about it more, it does feel like season one, because I have no idea what's going to happen next now.
1: I'm really glad Um, that they are bringing in the literature side. I love when they bring in, you know, the, the fact that they are having not only, you know, the Disney stories that we know and love, but now, you know, they've brought in some literature things that aren't, you know, classic fairy tales or Disney. And the Snow Queen is something very dark, and it's not a happily ever after like many of the original fairy tales, were not made in the happily ever after way. But this one doesn't seem like it's going to have that happily ever after this one very dark. And I love that they're bringing this into it. I think that it's going to play out that this season is just going to get better and better. It seems like each episode introduces something new that just totally twists the way you're thinking of things.
0: Oh, totally. I agree with you. I actually really like that you brought up the point because I totally feel the same way. I love how they're contrasting the Disney version versus the dark and twisty original version. Like mm-hmm. having both of those uh, interpretations on screen at the same time and then seeing how different they are. Because Elsa, even though she has ice powers, is very warm, and she's very accepting. Of I mean, she's she's pretty much been, like, adopted by the Charmings as well. She chills at their house. Um, mm-hmm. well, you know, there's so many people in that house. But even then, she's always, like, the, the moderator, the peacemaker, the, the person who's trying to fix everything. And then you have the Snow Queen, who is, like, literally an ice queen. Like, just no no expression, and just the way she delivers her lines that, like, kind of haunting little, I don't know, it's not sing-song, but just the way she speaks almost just sounds
1: like It almost seems like her heart probably is frozen. That's what it makes me think of because she's so flat and just matter-of-fact when she speaks, you know, like she, or maybe she has, you know, the, the speck of mirror where she can't see good and they I mean that might have something to do with why she wanted that part of Regina's mirror maybe she's trying to fix things I mean now that we know that I'm sure we'll talk about the end of the episode what in fact it is that she wants I mean maybe this is something where she constantly thinks she'll never have it because she's been affected by the shard of glass like from the original story and she can never see that she has what she wants like it's it's never like all she can see is the bad
2: well there's something more interesting about this because we've talked a lot of i you know on the podcast about the fact that emma and regina are basically um parallels of each other or they're mirrors or sp- the same coin. they're mirrors of each other right okay mm-hmm. the snow queen is a mirror of regina completely Oh, when, when she they were standing, said, "Yeah," Go when ahead. she said she all that she would finally have what she wanted—a family who loves her—and she's and she's using a mirror and she's using Sydney and to get yeah. all these things, she is a reflection of Regina. Also, a really kind of Definitely. more subtle, sad version of it. She's not running around and you know hurting a bunch of people, really. But there is something really, it's so similar. The two of them are so similar. And the fact that the Snow Queen, now that we know that from the end of the episode that the Snow Queen knew Emma when Emma was younger, and Emma is a mirror for her too, the layers, the connections, the parallels in this story are absolutely genius. They're, uh, I, I can't even. It's brilliant. Well, this, when, if, and a lot of people, they don't see it because, you know, I've seen a lot of comments of people who say that they're turned off by the show right now because of Frozen being on. You know, you that's kind of an neat assumption to make, that it was going to be really Frozen-heavy at first. But uh-huh. even with that being said, this, and it goes back to what I was saying earlier, this story has a lot more going on for it than a lot of people realize.
0: When you mentioned, though, that Regina and, and the Snow Queen were a reflection of each other, Literally, what jumped in my head was the very end of the episode where you have the snow queen looking in her restored mirror, and everything's just stark white. And you have, you know, this tall blonde woman dressed all in white. And then it jumps a bit later to Regina in her vault, and she's looking in her mirror, and everything's dark. And Regina's dressed in darker colors, and just she's phys- They're both the same action, completely physical color swaps, and everything just completely opposite. And I guess I really didn't even think about it that hard. Like, I kind of acknowledged it, but I didn't think about it that hard until you mentioned that out loud. So that also really enforces it. But also going back to what you were saying before about uh, Emma and Regina, I love the fact that this episode, like, Emma flat out says that she does see her and Regina as two sides of the same coin, and I just, like, fist-pumped in the air because I love the show, is really verbalizing and acknowledging that, because that's something I have always felt about these
2: characters. I love the fact that, um, you know, that Emma is still trying with Regina to get her to be her friend, that even though Regina was understandably giving her a lot of grief in the forest, about the fact that she, you know, you ruined my life. What are you going to do next? You know, you're trying to be my friend. You're going to braid my hair. You're going to call Robin Hood and hang up for me, you know, acting like a high schooler almost basically is what she's saying. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah.
2: You know, it is really hurt. I mean, I really felt for her in this episode. I mean, I've I've always understood where she's coming from in this, but for her to verbalize it in that way, that was a great scene between Emma and Regina in the forest. It really was. It was a better scene between the two of them down in the vault, I thought it was genius. I like that scene better. That mm. that scene was, you know where she's like you know, when she's like I just wanted you to be my friend. She's like you thought we were friends. So she's like yeah crazy isn't it? Like you know that's all I wanted. And you know I just want to. I'm not going to give up even if you want to kill me. And Regina's like we'll stop. And then and that's when she called her Emma for the first time since the season started. She said Emma right. wait. I don't want to kill you and then and then Emma says, and Jen Morrison's performance and when she said this line was so adorable, like see that's a start, yeah, So cute
1: I love that was, scene so much i just i for me okay i my I, um,
0: I did personally have an issue with how just how hostile Regina was being. It bothered me. It it got old for me a little bit after a while because if I was Emma, I would have said to hell with it and I would have gone off and done my own thing. However, I understand why Emma didn't because part of the growth that she's going through in this season is she's letting people in and part of that is even when you're having difficulties, you don't walk away, you don't shut them out like what happened in the past with Lily, where she shut Mm -hmm. down because she felt betrayed. And now she's on the flip side of it, and she's realizing, I mean, I'm sure she realized before, but she's really realizing the mistakes that were made, and she does not want to make that mistake again. And she's much more open now than she was before, and able to see how things can be mended. So I understand that part of it. I just felt, personally, while I was watching it, that Regina was being extremely nasty to her, understandably so. And I just—that's where my difficulties came with those interactions. Though so I—I understand where they're coming from. It just seemed like a bit much to me. Amy, go
1: ahead if you have me. I was just going to say the one of the reasons that I loved the scene so much, where Emma told her that she just wanted to be friends, was because of. A parallel between the young Emma and Lily storyline that we saw, and how it was kind of reversed—like Emma, the one who hurt Regina, whereas in the past it had been Lily that had hurt Emma—and so Emma could really see from you know both sides of being you know hurt that way. She is seeing now what it was like for Lily when she turned and walked away, you know, after they had talked about being friends and that, you know, they had this bond and they thought Lily tried to tell her they were the same and she was miserable and she had been adopted too, but she was just so unhappy and Emma turned her back and now she can kind of see from the opposite side with Regina and I love that she told her, you know, you're the only person that really understands because, you know, we've both been rejected. We've both been hurt. We both have all these similarities. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to assuage my guilt. I just wanted you to be my friend. And it was just, I love the way that it was so similar to... I could just see Emma being young, you know, just needing somebody because she was, for the longest time, you know, a lost girl. You know, mm-hmm. she's really coming out of that now, but I love, loves that scene because of that. I have to
0: say, yeah. for me personally, and I don't mean... I just want just to... I never... I guess I'm not I'm not 100% on board with Emma and Regina being friends, like how I see Elsa and Emma being friends. Yeah. Because I always kind of thought of Emma and Regina as more allies, which isn't the same thing as friends to me. Like, where they were at the end of Season 3, where they had common goals and they were sharing, you know, they yeah. obviously had common interests, but they weren't doing those things that Regina so... Uh, Snipply was talking about in the woods with braiding hair and calling Robin Hood that Emma's not going to have the kind of relationship she had with Mary Margaret with Regina. I don't think that's, considering everything that's happened between the two women even before Emma was born, I just, it feels slightly unnatural to me that they would be BFFs five ever. So I think for me, that's also what's halting me with this progression. Do you know
2: do you understand what I mean? Uh-huh. I understand what you mean and I just want to point out too that um and we said this before but sometimes it's easy to forget this. Emma excuse me. Regina is Emma's step grandmother. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting to see her Um, saying, yeah, I wish you were my friend, because it almost makes me think of this alternate universe version of these fairy tales where Emma and Snow never fought, and their relationship was good, and, um... Uh, You know, like, it makes me think of an Enchanted Forest where Regina and Snow were, like, happy together and, like, a family, and then Emma was born, and then, like, Regina was, like, babysitting her. You know what I mean? Right.
1: Mm -hmm. Like, the whole what-could-have-been scenario. Which, I think we got a little glimpse of that when... We saw when they were with the whole Zelina storyline when they were in that missing year in the Enchanted Forest and Snow and Regina were kind of, you know, having moments where they were starting to bond. And then again, when we saw uh, with Cora returning and that whole episode where Regina protects Snow and, you know, they're cleaning up afterwards and they sit at the table and really kind of have a a little breakthrough there, so... I I love the interaction between Regina and Snow. I love how their relationship has grown. I love Snow as a character. I wish that they had not been, I will say, one of my criticisms is that I wish that Snow and Charming had not been relegated so much lately as just comic relief because I do really, really love, like Bandit Snow and Strong Charming. And I love the interactions with Regina and with Snow and that relationship they were building. So I really, really would like to see more of that.
0: I agree. That was one of my favorite uh, scenes from that episode and just that that burying of the hatchet between the two of them yeah. and it's kind of finally like, you know, we've we've come such a long way. And we acknowledge our past, but we also acknowledge Mm -hmm. that we kind of have to have a future. We can't just mire ourselves in these conflicts. Which is kind of also goes all the way back to how Emma was, Emma's feeling when she was experiencing those those feelings of betrayal. And you can't live in the past with that. You know what I mean? You can't hold grudges forever for years
1: yeah it'll eat you up i can i can speak from like personal experience if you hold on to something and never work past it get past it you know and really i hate to say let it go you know and just because of the frozen thing but seriously if you don't if just get past it it hurts you more than it hurts the other people or whatever it was that you know that had that effect on you the only way to get past it is really to think of yourself and just really you know you have to let go of things sometimes to move forward well isn't there a
0: saying that uh holding a grudge is like a drinking poison and expecting the other person to die it's pretty much what it is. Is exactly that exactly your? Exactly <laughs> no, I'm. I'm pretty sure. I, I will not take credit for that. I'm pretty sure I saw it in like a Signal's catalog or something, like on a placard on somebody's wall or Etsy or crocheted into like a scarf. Or, I don't know. I saw it somewhere. I'm, I can't take credit, but a
1: bumper sticker. <laughs> it's a thing. Yeah. Kind of worried for a it's bumper kitschy. sticker. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I oh have something.
2: Gosh. Um, when it comes to holding a I think that there's a difference between holding a grudge and not forgetting things that have happened um,
1: mm-hmm.
2: forgiveness is a long road yes. ultimately though Amy you are right you have to let things go and pass them um, and, and you know what too Part That was actually part of what was being said In this episode from Emma When she was basically Telling Regina about and Hook too About Lily And the fact you know And Elsa yeah Elsa I mean Once you know if you screw somebody over You don't get them back And then Emma said that you know She always wanted to get her friend back But by the time she wanted that the damage was already done And it was too late
1: like, um,
2: right. You know, some sometimes, despite what other people think, you have to mend fences or let it go with some people and forgive hurt that's been done to you. Mm-hmm. Even you know, even if you know what what Lily did ultimately was, you know, she did lie to Emma, mm-hmm. which was wrong. She shouldn't have done that. Uh, there was not really any reason for her to do it, but Hi. I. But at the same time, it was like she was trying to connect with Emma and connect, keep their emotional yeah. and established.
0: Well, here, here's here's I, my here's my thing about that. I don't want to cut you off, so I'll, I'll hold. On. I'll
2: wait for a minute. I mean. Um, Okay, thanks. Because I I feel like even I feel like what Lily did was wrong. She shouldn't have lied. There was no reason for real reason for her to do that. But I also feel like it wasn't a malicious lie. It wasn't done to hurt Emma by any means.
0: Mhm.
2: You know, she was she was doing it because she wanted to build a connection with her. She was trying right. to establish some kind of a relationship with her, and you know she she felt alone she i mean obviously she felt really alone she you know which was reflected in emma also feeling alone and uh-huh. so she was trying to do what she could to make a connection and even though what she did was wrong her motivations are understandable uh-huh. and it's something clearly you know emma ended up I mean she was obviously very upset about it, but in the grand scheme of things it sounds like she realized that by not forgiving Lily and not letting it go, not you know getting, you know getting over it kind of mm-hmm. she lost out on the relationship that she was really craving at the time. Right. And I wonder, I mean there are so many of us honestly that situation I think it applies Mm -hmm. to so many people in life and so many different aspects of life, different things that happen to us. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of, you know, getting upset with people over something small and blowing it out of proportion. I think everybody Mm -hmm. has done that at least in their life. Um,
1: You know, I was just going to say, forgiving doesn't mean forgetting. I mean, it's not, it, it doesn't, forgiving someone doesn't necessarily mean everything was okay. There's still, you know, work to be done. But that's kind of, you know, that first step. And I I do think you're right that we saw that with Lily and we saw Emma. I think Emma, you know, she's seeing that you can forgive someone and, and move forward. It doesn't, you know, change what happened and you're not forgetting it. But, you know, Forgiveness is kind of a gift to
0: yourself. I like that. I like that a lot. Forgiveness is a gift to yourself. Well, I like. You're,
2: you're, sorry, sorry, Ash. Real quick, oh, just picking up what you're saying. Forgiveness is you're giving yourself something. You're forgive, mm-hmm. forgiving. You are mm-hmm. you are giving yourself a break. You're giving the other person a break. You're giving yourself the opportunity to move on. You're giving yourself some kind of spiritual relief, you're giving yourself, you know, you're healing, you're giving yourself a sense of healing, that's what it's all about, you're giving, so, I just wanted to say that really quick, Ashley, go ahead with what you were going to say. Oh, no,
0: what I was going to say, though, in regards to Emma, is I think the reason that she reacted the way she did to what Lily, it's not that Lily acted out of maliciousness, it's the fact that Emma, I keep using the word betrayal when I talk about this, because if somebody in Emma's position, somebody who has a hard time trusting people to give someone your trust to, to not just hope to feel confident and know that someone isn't going to abandon you or mess mess with you or anything like that, a huge gift. And then to have that person, I guess, break that trust is a big deal. So I can see why she reacted the way she did because she gave Lily, like, the, the dearest gift that she could give somebody. She's a girl. Emma was a girl who had nothing, and she gave Lily the one thing she had. And Emma, I feel like, saw Lily take advantage of that. And now I know Lily obviously didn't do that maliciously, but that's still, when you're in that mindset, that's still how Emma saw it. She was it. desperate
1: so. to not be like, you know, she they were very much alike. And they were both, I think, meeting each other. Despite, mm. you, know, you know, who lied and, you know, what the actual stories were, they were both very similar. I love that friendship. And I really, I like I said, I don't think it's the end of us being Lily, and I hope that we see a lot more of of that because that's just seeing Emma' as that lost girl and having her for a moment you know she she thought she wasn't for you know that one evening she had with this girl this short amount of time she had with her. she didn't have to be that lost girl for those you know eight or nine hours and well, she, yeah, she that. wasn't
0: lost. She was found. She had somebody else. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, whatever happened to us talking about butts in the chat room? We just got really heavy. We
2: did get really heavy. Um, which I I think that that's pretty nifty, though. Um, oh no, I'm totally
0: I, cool with it. I was just like, we're all good. We're just having like some. I don't get to talk like this very often like and get live feedback, like I'll write about the show, and it's hard to get uh-huh. feedback about it. So this is fantastic, just hashing it down. You guys are great in the chat room, too.
2: <laughs> yeah, a lot of people in the chat room are talking about their experience with forgiveness and moving on and letting things go. And you know what? I I really, again, this is why I love Once Upon a Time so much, because it really, I mean, it takes something – that even though it's fairy tales and it's fantastical and, you know, not real in a sense, it is also more real than so many other shows out there because it deals with real life situations just in a fantasy way. There, I mean, just the fact that I'm seeing all these comments in the chat room about forgiveness and stuff, I mean, I'm not going to quote anybody here, but for all of you who are in the chat room, I know that that when you're speaking on that, you're speaking from personal experience. And, you know, quite frankly, I don't want to speak for either one of you two, Amy or Ashley, but so are we. So Uh the fact that it deals with something so personal in that way, you know, it speaks to the power of the show. And this is really why people like it so much, I think, is because it really, and speaking of mirrors, the show is a reflection of real life and real situations. Well isn't
0: that what Snow said all the way back, all many, many moons ago, many Regina hairstyles ago, to the um myself up again. To the pilot where she says that we, we have these stories so we can I'm completely murdering this quote, Zach or Amy, I'm sure you know much better than I. But we we have these stories, these fairy tales so we can deal with the real world. As soon yeah. as I heard that I knew I would love this show. And I think that that's what we find, we wanters find in the show. Because I always, you know, you always hear folks asking, and you guys even ask at the, like, for econ, when you talk to the writers, when you talk to the actors, do they know how much they've helped? And they do because it's it's so obvious in all the conversations and interactions with all the fans that we use these fairy tales to deal with real life.
1: Exactly.
2: Yeah, yeah Mary mm-hmm. Margaret asks mm-hmm. that. What do you think fairy tales are for? Yeah, and um, you know she says they're a way to deal with our world, a world that doesn't always make sense. That was in the first mm-hmm. season. And then last mm-hmm. season, when they are, when she's giving Henry the book, she says, it says it's nothing but a bunch of, fun, you know, it's nothing but a bunch of fairy tales." And she says, well, what do you think fairy tales are? They were a reminder that things will get better if we just hold on to hope." Um, and you know It's not only just holding on to hope But it's also realizing that You know What you That these fairy tales are They're te- they're telling our stories That's why people connect to the show so personally They're They're telling our story Whether they know it or not You know and the reason why is because The people who are writing the show and working on the show Have been through so many other things The show is really just A reflection and a personification Of the human experience that we all go through. And it really just shows that even though so many of us are different, you may come from different backgrounds, different ethnicities, different countries even, ultimately we're all experiencing the same thing just differently. You know, it's I mean it's just like that, you know, it's just like um uh, the the very for the season one trailer for the show that we put online um, last week when it was the show's anniversary because like it was the show's mm-hmm. anniversary last week, um, you know saying Absolutely. that there are two sides to every story, yeah, totally. Um, and really that's what this show is about. And I oh my gosh, I wasn't expecting us to go this deep, but really like. This show, I mean, that's why it's so magical, honestly. Like, it's, true. Feels...
1: it's true. It's true.
0: Anyway. So,
1: uh, breaking glass. <laughs> breaking glass.
0: <laughs> So the name was being sassy, and
2: uh... yeah, we're still back at the beginning. We haven't recapped anything. Oh my gosh! Um, So,
1: how
2: about that that
1: Snow Queen cleavage?
2: Hey, I will. I will just say, and it may shock some of you to hear this. As I am, I am a gay man, and let me just say that even with the fact that I'm a gay man, Elizabeth Mitchell, the Snow Queen, she's got some fabulous cleavage. She really
1: Yes. Is. Frosty boobs. Oh, my God.
2: I mean, we you know,
0: home,
1: homegirls. Homegirl
0: this is homegirl the chat room I know. All. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Jamie's killing it in the, in the chat room right now. Yes.
1: I want my new nickname <laughs> to be Frosty boobs. Oh, my God. Can we make a cereal? Oh, Frosty boobs. They're what for breakfast. Oh, my God.
2: I'm, I'm getting oh, delirious
1: wow. after getting so <laughs> so deep. Oh Lord! There's okay, this is a very God. obvious joke you that
0: I'm not going to tell because we're on air. Anyway,
2: I know,
1: right? <laughs> I
2: know. Um, I just want, to, yeah. Noise, and, oh my gosh! Anyway, okay. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> I just so want to say really quickly that. I, I just want to say really quick that I love the fact that Sydney escaped. Oh, yeah. And, oh, and I actually did yeah. that It had nothing to do with Regina.
0: Oh, it's like. Hmm. Here's the thing. I know I should have seen, like, upon rewatching it, I was like, mm, he's being shady. He's up to something. But initially, when they're on the bridge. I feel like I realized it as soon as Regina did that she was getting hoodwinked.
1: And yes. I
0: got to, I, for some reason I found it very amusing the way she was, like, just completely, like, screaming at him in the compact. I don't know why well, that amused me, but it I did. It
2: her, her delivery was when She was like, traitor. I was like, well, Death. really? Like, you're going
1: in this? Threw in the nacelle and a mirror a couple of times. So... Yeah. What, oh, Sydney? I, I, do, I, do, I do
0: agree, too. I like the fact that Sydney was wheeling and dealing. But it brings up a question, though, is how, how was he wheeling and dealing? Like, I know it said that the Snow Queen has, like, a gajillion mirrors in her Fortress of Solitude, but so was Sydney looking for her and happened upon her and she tried to cut him a deal, and he was like, okay, you know, you get me out of the mirror. That's all good. I, she's... That's what it is. Is the Snow Queen is so persuasive, and it's just terrifying because you you find your, yourself nodding a lot, like yeah, okay, yeah. And then you realize, like, wait, what? No, like, I don't know. Like when she, one of my favorite scenes, is when she has Elsa in the the, the fear chains, and it's just I love this line where she's like, I could tell you and I'm not going to hurt you. I could tell you it's all going to be okay, but I need your fear. And I was just like, ooh. Because I'm like, I'm hanging on her everywhere. I'm like, yes, no, tell me these things. And then she's just like, ooh. I don't know. I, that was so I guess,
1: Jabberwocky-ish, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. It was. Uh, so Jabberwocky. For those of you who didn't watch Wonderland, the Jabberwocky fed off of, Fear. That's what she sort of trafficked in—was people's
2: fear—and
1: that's what it reminded me of so much. Loved it.
2: Really. Um, um, her and, and I just want to say this too: the scene at the end between the Snow Queen and um, Sydney.
1: Yes.
2: When, when she's talking about what mirrors are. And she's like, and here, and I actually wrote it down. So I, on, I'm, I'm get...
0: actually pulling up a, uh, my Word document of it, too.
2: Yeah, because I, I wrote this down. She says, mirrors, and I want to point this out, too. Mirrors reflect our mood, our desire, our essence. They are a temporary receptacle for some tiny fraction of our soul. And I just want to say really quickly... Like, not only is that true and very deep, but I also just want to point out that the very first thing she said was mirrors reflect our mood. The second thing that Hook pulled out of the box containing Emma's childhood memories was a mood ring. Mm
1: -hmm. Yes.
2: So I'm wondering if she even remembers where she got it from and if the Snow Queen is the one who gave it to her. Mm. That would be fantastic.
0: fantastic. Because everything else you pull out of the box was significant, and I was just like, all right, I'm bootering, whatever. But no, you're right. I mean, it must have been significant if she saved it in her box because she doesn't really hold on to much. and Everything she holds on to obviously is significant. Mm -hmm. So there's... I'm, I'm sure it's not a regular mood ring now that we're bringing it up. So, hmm.
2: I really don't know what to think about it. I don't know what it means, but it's a yeah. thing.
0: It's significant. Yeah, it's just, we don't know yet. Well, does this ring kind of look like a mood ring? Maybe there's some sort of magical stone from the fairy tale land that kind of I don't does stuff. I don't know. I'm reaching at this point, but...
2: Well, that would be cool. Maybe it's from the rock trolls. It, oh, ooh. Mm. What could mm.
1: be...
0: I'm, like, sitting yeah. here stroking my chin, just like, hmm, what could it be?
1: <laughs> I um, know. Hmm. All the gears are turning
0: in my brain now. <laughs> well, exactly. I just... This episode... I think the reason I liked it so much is because it made me think so much. It it gave me a lot to think about, but it didn't overwhelm me. Like right. it, it was it was it was going, it was moving forward, it was answering questions. But for every question we had answered, there was another one cropping up, and I think that's a sign of a great episode, personally. Um, and I kind of want to know what's going on with the nave. That was, I think, the most significant thing that came out of the Snow White and Charming B story was the fact that the Knave had a traveling sack with a map... With a map. To the traveling sack. Well, the map to the, where he had buried the traveling sack, but he's uh, a dummy, and buried the map to where he's burying the thing with the thing that he was burying, A+. Mm. Um, well, that was besides hilarious. that, though? That why, <laughs> why does he have a traveling sack? Like, he doesn't he still have his apartment in Storybrooke or was it rented by somebody else or, and that all goes back to the, why are, why is he in Storybrooke? And why, (laughs) why are you, what are you doing here, Nave?
1: I wonder when we're going to find that
2: out. I have a feeling we're going to get some answers in the November 16th episode, the big two hour episode. I know that they don't really mention that much about Will in that one, but I mm-hmm. I, I, think that we're going to get something out of that. We better get something out of that. Um,
0: it's just teasing
2: A lot of pictures that are online right now that are, you know, they're, like I saw pictures online today of Will – and Anastasia at Alice and Cyrus' wedding from Wonderland.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: it makes me miss those two and may, really makes me wonder what exactly is going on. Right. Yeah.
1: I'm dying to know what the outcome is, and why he's there. And I mean, he had, obviously... Oh, my God. You know, he still loves her, so... Guys, I just totally had a thought.
0: Um and okay. they, like you can, you can tell <laughs> uh oh, thanks. You can tell me if I'm nuts. <laughs> so you got the hat right and the hat's stealing folks with magic. Anastasia mm. could perform magic. What if she got sucked mm. into the Anastasia hat
2: too? The hat. Do what? I said, Is Anastasia in the hat?
0: She mm. I if every star in that hat is a person, there could be a lot of people chilling in that hat.
2: So, oh, I'm sure none of them are very happy about it either.
0: Can you imagine what's no, going to happen not. if everyone kind of just gets vomited out of that hat? You're going to have like a trillion magically proficient people like out looking for the Dark One's blood. That is going to
2: be a mess. As long as we get Merlin, Madame Mem, and the Horned King from the Black Cauldron, I'm good with it.
0: I don't know
1: if we're gonna go Black Aldrin. Bat- it's one
0: that not a lot of people know about. I I liked it, but I definitely I want Madam that, Mim. Oh, if we're gonna if so we're bad. gonna go there, I I definitely want some Madam Mim because she she is my favorite,
1: and she was marvelous, nuts. Madam Mim. Yeah,
0: she was. Oh, I I I shan't do the voice because I would blow out your eardrums. <laughs> so that was a crazy. thing that I was known for in college. <laughs> so oh, so
2: I'm gonna have to hear that at some point in life, but yeah. You will, trust. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's
0: going to happen. It's a thing. But no, seriously, though, like, so something I feel like must have happened to Anna, because it seems almost like he's searching for her. Like, he had the picture of her Mm -hmm. in his pocket, which makes me think that he, I don't think he tore it out of the book, he being Will, I don't think he tore out the book that he took from the library, I think he was just got drunk and got emotional and and broke into the library to get the book to remember all the other tales. I don't know. Maybe I am really reaching here, but I
1: feel like I think he's looking for a book but that's not the book. Yeah. I don't think that's the book he's looking for. Because he did say another time he was looking for a book. I'm wondering if he's looking for Henry's book in particular. Oh, I wonder.
0: And we haven't seen that thing in a while. But I wonder if that is what he's looking for. Do you think Wonderland is Wonderland has to be in there because the uh, the Mad Hatter's in there. It that. is.
1: Yeah, in the pilot, it was in there too, because when Emma wrecked the car and she hit the sign, and like it, the the wind it was flipped. blowing the pages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was one of the pages was
2: Wonderland. Mm. Or oh, Oz. Um. Mm-hmm. Oz was in that book too. Um, mm-hmm. There was, a page, there was a page with flying monkeys. Okay. Um Yeah, we're pretty much – oh, my gosh, look what time it is. We're at the end of the podcast already. Okay. Um, despite what it says online, guys, we're not actually going for two hours. Um, we just don't like getting cut off when we're at the end of our thoughts, but um, we have some scheduling stuff going on right now, so we do have to end it here. Um, however, I see that there is a note – from yeah. sarah egan sarah i see that you want to speak with us about a theory i'm sorry love that we can't do it tonight however if you want to call next week when we're doing the news roundup in the beginning of the show i would totally love to dish with you about it at that point so if that works for you that works for us um oh wait you anyway. what Oh, yeah. So give us a call next week during the news week, babe, and we will totally have you on the podcast and we'll talk about your theory. Okay, I promise. So, like. Let me know if you can hear me, okay? Because um, I'm in the chat room, so I'm watching. So, yeah. Um, but that pretty much does it for this um, rather deep episode of the Once Upon a Time One Fans podcast. Got a little um, heavy
0: sauce there for a minute, yeah. A little heavy
2: sauce, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I think that, um, and this, you know, you guys let us know in the chat room and so forth. But from now on, uh, we're kind of going to be going off the recap format that we have been following for the last year and getting into a little bit more discussions like the one that we've had this evening. So um, we're going to be changing it up a little bit because this I really like the discussion that we had tonight and I want to keep that kind of thing going. So that does it for this week's episode of uh, Once Upon a Time. Well, good Lord.
0: All (sighs) episode of Once Upon a Time, (laughs) This
2: That does it for this week's episode of the Once Upon a Fan Podcast. Thank you all for listening. We will be back next week at uh, probably 5.30 Pacific, 8.30 Eastern, later on on Facebook and Twitter. But... um, yeah, we'll see you guys next week so we can discuss next week's episode, which is family business, and we can look forward to seeing Belle's mom on next week's episode. So we'll have yes. lots of questions. Sorry, I was very excited. Oh, la, la. I'm just super Sorry, excited. That so. All right, everybody. So thank you very much for joining us. That does it for this episode. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Good night.